this is Karina Dross. I'm an artist and astrologer, and I am giving you this new monthly podcast called The Hum about all of the astrology that is humming through our lives from new moon to new moon. So this will come out once a month. This first one is coming out right at the tail end of the Capricorn new moon. We'll be releasing this January 13th. The new moon is around midnight Eastern time on January 12th, 2021. And we'll just be taking you through the big highlights of what is going on in the sky and therefore what is going on in our collective energetic weather, as it were, from new moon to new moon. So this one takes us from roughly January 12th to roughly February 11th. And (laughs) in case you're alive right now and haven't noticed, these are some intense times and the astrology of these times definitely reflects that. So I want to spend a little bit of time in this first podcast just orienting you to what are we talking about when we're talking about a new moon and what are we talking about when we talk about astrological weather? Because There is a common misunderstanding if you know a little bit about astrology or if you're suspicious of astrology that it claims to predict the future, that you can look at the stars and map out exactly what is going to happen at any given moment in time with scientific level of accuracy. And that's just not how astrology works. Astrology is much closer to weather forecasting where you look at patterns, you look at movements over time, you look at cycles, and you make a rough prediction of, hmm, seems stormy. Or the last time the sky looked like this, these were the things that were happening. So as I give you the astro weather every month, I want you to think of it as not fatalistic predictions. This is what is doomed to happen. We're all doomed. We're all doomed. That kind of fatalism is particularly Uh, indicated in the astrology of right now, but instead to think of it as here is the weather forecast. How do I want to dress? Do I need some layers? Do I need an umbrella? Might I want to stay inside? (laughs) Might I want to take advantage of some good weather? That's essentially the, uh, the spirit in which this is offered. And the new moons, the reason I'm starting this on a new moon and will be going from new moon to new moon instead of from the first of the month to the first of the next month, is that astrology isn't really aligned with the Gregorian calendar. The 1st of January doesn't really mean anything astrologically, but new moons do. And many older cultures, many other cultures, particularly the Jewish calendar is the one I'm most familiar with, uh, they begin with new moons. They begin Rosh Chodesh, the beginning of the month is the new moon. So new moons in astrology are a time of beginning a time of initiation. They are literally in the sky when the moon and the sun join up together from the perspective of Earth. So the full moon is when we can see the moon at its brightest. It's fully round. It is completely opposite the sun. And that's the opposite point of the cycle from new moon to full moon. And from new moon to full moon, there's waxing period. The moon is growing. We are moving toward ambitions, goals, completion. And then from the full moon to the next new moon, there is a waning cycle of releasing, composting, reflecting, analyzing, preparing for what comes next. So every new moon happens in a specific sign, and there are generally 
12 different signs. There are 12 signs in the zodiac, so each new moon generally falls in one of those 12 signs once a year, just cycling through. And the Capricorn new moon is where we're beginning. This was exact, if you're on the East Coast, at 11.58 p.m., Tuesday, January 12th. And if you're tuning into this just a few days later, I would say even maybe up to a week later, you're still moving through that energy. You're still very impacted by the energy of this new moon. And this is, <laughs> this is an impactful new moon. So Capricorn, when we have a new moon in Capricorn, we are reinitiating, recommitting, beginning a reorientation toward Capricorn energy. And Capricorn is a sign of doing what must be done. Every sign offers a set of tools for us, and the tools of Capricorn are being able to set aside what is pleasurable in the short term, what is distracting, wasteful, um, not really going to get you where you need to go in order to focus on long-term goals and long-term good. So when we're working with Capricorn energy, we're not necessarily having a blast, but we are doing what's necessary. For many of us, there's a satisfaction that comes in working with Capricorn energy. For some people who have strong Capricorn in their charts or who have Saturn very strongly placed in their charts, this might feel pleasurable. There's the pleasure of doing what you're good at, of showing up for your job. For me, in this current moment, I think about Capricorn energy whenever I have to convince myself to leave my house, my warm and toasty house in the winter here in Philadelphia, in order to go for a walk out in the cold. When I'm curled up in bed in the morning, that is the last thing I want to do. But if I don't do this at all throughout the day, I'm going to regret it later. My health will suffer, my mood will suffer, my sleep patterns will suffer. So Capricorn is the energy that forces me to get on some clothes, get out into the cold, start walking, leave my safe, comfortable bubble, encounter people who may or may not have masks on, encounter the world, right? And that example is about my own personal well-being, but Capricorn is often correlated with a sense of the greater good of the social body that we're part of, of responsibility, not just for ourselves, but for the world we're part of and for generations yet to come. So these are the forces, these are the tools we're working with when we work with a Capricorn new moon. There might be a desire to step into responsibility, to take on more leadership, to uh, step into what you're good at, to develop your skills, to take yourself seriously on some level. And this particular Capricorn new moon is a bit of a doozy because in the new moon chart itself, there is hella stuff going on. So do you remember 2020? <laughs> do you remember how 2020 felt? Astrologically, 2020 was dominated by a few kind of heavy hitting planets, including the planet Pluto, which is the planet of death, rebirth, corruption of power, transformation of power. Uh, the planet Pluto hanging out at 24 degrees of Capricorn and the planet Saturn, structure, responsibility, all of those Capricorn things we've been talking about, was right on top of Pluto. 
then we threw in some Jupiter. We just had a pile up, a pile up of planets on top of Pluto in Capricorn. It was like the least sexy orgy you can think of. Just like, whew, intensity, intensity in the sign of responsibility. So that 24 degrees of Capricorn, where Pluto is still hanging out because it's a slow planet. Uh, Saturn has moved on, Jupiter has moved on, but that 24 degrees is real close to where this new moon is happening. The new moon uh, happens at 23 degrees of Capricorn, sun and moon both at 23 degrees, less than a degree away from Pluto, really activating that tender spot, <laughs> if you will, <laughs> that um, the energies that have been the most confrontational, uh, dismantling, uh, alarming, and the energies of 2020 that have pushed us to reshape our lives and reshape our world, uh, often in ways we did not want to. So all of this is getting triggered by this new moon. And as this is happening, the planet Mars is moving into the first few degrees of Taurus. So Mars spent most of 2020 hanging out in Aries, which is a sign of impulsive, fiery, courageous, uh, and sometimes downright aggressive energy. But Mars was retrograde, so there was a kind of building, planning, strategizing, prepping energy, and not so much an action energy. And now Mars is moving forward in Taurus, and Taurus is, is a getting it done energy. Taurus stabilizes and makes material what Aries has been planning. Uh, Mars moved into Taurus on uh, the day of the uh, Capitol riots. So that's happening. And as Mars is in Taurus, it is forming a square, a challenging aspect to Saturn, which is in the first few degrees of Aquarius. And this is happening, this will be exact on the 13th. So pretty close to the new moon. And Saturn square Mars is just a frustrating energy. Mars is where we want to act and move and initiate and defend ourselves to have a sense of life force and ambition and mobility. And Saturn is where we restrict. Saturn is that energy of slow down, get smaller, get focused. And so a Saturn square to Mars on its highest level can ultimately help us discipline our wild energies toward a more sustainable way of being. But how it feels in the moment is just frustrating. It just feels frustrating. You want to move and you're blocked. You, you need to do something and you can't. There is an obstacle in the name of Saturn that is just impeding your forward flow of energy. So that's happening on the 13th, which can make the new moon intention setting feel a little trickier. And my recommendation for you is to strategize rather than act in this moment, to, um, to see what you're doing right now as necessary first steps rather than here's the big thing, here's the thing itself. You are on your way and you are learning through limitation, which is what Saturn teaches us. What are the limits of reality? How is it um, getting in the way of my grand vision? How do I have to collaborate with what is actually real in this moment? As we move on, there's still a lot going on this week and 
one of those is Jupiter, the planet of expansion, bigness, risk-taking, is making a challenging aspect to Uranus, which is the planet of revolution. Uh, there's another aspect to Uranus as well, a more pleasant one. Venus, planet of love and relationships, is also making an aspect to Uranus this week on the 14th. So 14th Venus trine Uranus, 17th Jupiter square Uranus. This entire week has a Uranian energy. As if, as if that that big Mars square Saturn and the uh, new moon right next to Pluto were not enough for you. So we're working with Pluto, death, rebirth, intensity, trauma, trauma patterns, and healing. We're working with Saturn, the restrictions of and limitations of reality, and now we're also working with Uranus, which is how do we achieve collective liberation in this moment, not just for ourselves but for everyone, and. I want to talk about Uranus as a revolutionary energy, and I'm aware that the word revolution has a slightly different meaning now in, in our post-capital uprising um, context than it did a few days ago, even when I was beginning to write this out. I have always been on the side of collective liberation in the name of uplifting those who are hierarchically oppressed and disadvantaged in our society. I believe in a non-hierarchical world. In all of these ways, I strongly associate Uranus as a planet that, that helps us tap into our best nature, that is least selfish, that is most visionary. And revolution is a convenient keyword for that, because Uranus often needs us to disrupt the old way in order to find the new way. And what we just saw happen is being called an, uh, an insurrection, is being called... I mean, one of the funniest things I've seen is, is um, the move on the far right to try to blame this on Antifa or anarchists, when the goal of what happened was to um, keep a sitting president in power, <laughs> to keep the powerful powerful. It was really the goal of that violence that happened on January 6th, which to me is not Uranian and might be using Uranian tactics, which are, uh, you know, revolt against authority. But the goal is not a Uranian goal. The goal was actually strongly a Saturnian goal. Keep things the way they are. We, we will use the energy of Uranus, disruption, revolt, uprising, in order to keep power stable. So as this Uranian energy is coming through this week, for everybody who really does dream of a different kind of liberation in this world, who really does uh, strive toward how can I be adding my individual voice and love and strengths and talents toward a collective flowering of something entirely new, some, a world we have never yet seen. Um, this is a time where you're not going to get to do this while you're like in a spa or like hanging out at a conference with your favorite people, having your hair braided and your feet rubbed. You know, like this is not going to be a, necessarily a joyous, relaxing way of tapping into that. And yet the energy is there for you to tap into if you are willing to do the work of Pluto and Saturn, which is the work of how do I work with the reality I'm in, in this moment and its limitations, and how do I address, how do I truly witness, address, and grieve for the things that have changed that maybe I didn't want to change, who I have lost, what I've lost from my own past life, 
the ongoing grief of COVID, the ongoing fear and uncertainty of the political situation, particularly in the United States right now. This energy of moving toward a more visionary way of thinking and being intensifies on January 19th when the sun moves into Aquarius, which is the sign ruled by Uranus. And then on the 20th, we have Mars moving right on top of the planet Uranus. January 20th is Inauguration Day in the U.S., and Mars, as I was saying earlier, is an explosive energy. Mars wants us to be aggressive and active and un, uh, unheld back. <laughs> Mars wants to just act, 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 act. And Mars is our anger impulse as well as our desire. And Uranus is that planet where anything that touches it, it wants them to transform. So Mars conjunct Uranus is a little bit like a lit match <laughs> on a powder keg. Um, and we all know that the far right is planning more actions to coincide with the inauguration of uh, Biden in the United States and astrologers who are looking at this particular date. We have we have some hesitations about um, the desire that that this will be um, in any way a calm transition of power. The astrology of the 20th looks a little fiery. So take whatever precautions you need to. Uh, be prepared. Have your networks. Know how to keep yourself and your loved ones safe. And don't be too surprised by the lengths that people will go to in order to keep white supremacy uh, in power, because that's essentially what this is about. On the 24th, the sun now newly in Aquarius, moves right on top of Saturn. And Saturn is a calming energy in comparison to Uranus. Saturn constricts. Saturn shows us the, the necessary path rather than the possible path. The Sun conjunction to Saturn can help you get your shit together. It can help you focus, discipline yourself, do the hard work. It can also feel a little depressing, honestly. So if you are still reeling from the upheaval of such a Uranian time, Sun conjunct Saturn on, on its worst side could just show up as a day of depression of whew, what's even worth it? Can we even do anything? So be aware and try not to believe your most pessimistic stories around the 24th. On the 28th, we have the full moon. So we've come halfway from the cycle that began with a new moon on the 12th. This full moon is in Leo, which is kind of a big uh, extroverted energy. And on the full moon, we have Venus moving into 24 degrees of Capricorn, hanging out with the planet Pluto. So this is the last planet that's going to join Pluto in the sky for a little while now, until we come back around to more Capricorn planets much later in the year. So we're ending a cycle in this moment with Venus conjunct Pluto, and Venus is how we pursue what we value. Venus is what helps us move into relationship, into love, into an affinity with the things that we find beautiful and pleasurable. And Pluto 
is that intense energy of transformative change. When I think of Pluto, I think of surgery, I think of radiation, I think of death and the decay process that changes matter into two new forms of matter. Pluto is a big deal. So with Venus on top of Pluto here, expect to have the fears, the healing you need to do, the healing you have already done, um, the power you are trying to share in this world. Expect to have all of these themes that really arose for you throughout 2020 to be highlighted in your orientation towards love, in your orientation towards friendship and community. This would be a beautiful day to have a therapy session. This would be a beautiful day to have a meaningful conversation with a friend about what feels real between the two of you, how you're deeply feeling, how your hearts are. This is not the best day for gossip. This is not the best day for pettiness because Pluto has an energy that kind of like, it, it, it emphasizes the damage that can happen. If you do something that you think is frivolous, blowing off of steam, I'm just complaining a little bit. Pluto kind of puts a knife in your hand when you weren't expecting to hold one. So be careful with your words, be careful with your relationships on this full moon, especially because Leo, oh Leo, Leo is an energy that turns toward love and that can be demanding, that can really be um, a pillow princess. Uh, Leo wants to know through concrete words and actions, that it is loved, that it is valuable, that it belongs. And so if you have anxieties about this, particularly if you have been living through a year of increased loneliness, increased grief, or if you are going out and working with the public, increased overwhelm from having to deal with people that are putting you at risk, who may not be people you love, may not be people you've chosen, this Leo full moon is going to be bringing up all those feelings around who are my people? Who loves me? Who has my back? Do I get to rest and be held? Do I get to deeply connect from a place of vulnerability or is it too dangerous? So expect some of your relationship patterns that you learned in your youth or really from whatever hard things have happened to you in relationships, expect some of those patterns to be coming up and know that this is a day that you can make a little more room for being loving and forgiving of yourself in those patterns and of the people you love who have their own patterns. So this is just a day for tenderness. Be a little tender to yourself and others on the 28th of January. There's a lot going on this month. On the 30th, Mercury goes retrograde. Um... I ordinarily don't make a big deal about Mercury retrograde. It happens many times a year. It is not to blame for so many of the things people would like to blame it for. But this particular Mercury retrograde means that um, just as Mercury was about to leave the sign of Aquarius, which is kind of heavily packed throughout the month, it turns around and kind of rejoins that pileup of Sun, Jupiter, and Saturn that are still in Aquarius. So... The primary message of this Mercury retrograde is we don't get to stop thinking about liberation and the collective well-being. And in fact, whatever it is we think we've learned through this movement of uh, Mercury through Aquarius this month, it's time to go back and review and check your work. 
which brings us to February. On the 1st, Venus moves into Aquarius, and on the 6th, Venus will be right on top of Saturn. So these are both significant. We are now, for the first time in over a year, without major stress points happening in the sign of Capricorn. So we have fully moved most of our attention and energy from the Capricorn theme of responsibility and self-sacrifice toward the Aquarius themes of innovation, revolutionary imagination, collective liberation, and really Aquarius is here to help us get more creative, more imaginative, less concerned with um, tradition, form, what has happened in the past, what they say will never work, and much more concerned with what is possible? What could the future be? So as Venus moves into Aquarius and then on top of Saturn on the 6th, if you are working on any kind of art project, this is a really good day to put some work into it. This is a really good day to make the things that you resonate with on a Venus level, what makes you feel excited to be in a body and alive, the people you love, the materials you love, the language you love, the colors you love, all of these things, when Venus is conjunct, conjunct Saturn, there's an opportunity to bring those into the physical real world in a satisfying way. It takes work, it takes focus, but this day gives you that focus. On the flip side, Saturn conjunctions can always feel a little crunchy. So if you are someone who has an afflicted Saturn in your own chart, which often translates to having a strong inner critic, then Venus conjunct Saturn is not the best day to be creating new work, but might be a better day to be doing editing, to be revising, to be pruning, to be maybe, you know, deleting some people out of your phone contacts, blocking some people on social media, clearing things up. Um, either way, Venus conjunct Saturn, like all Saturn transits, brings with it the risk of a little bit of depression. So if this is a day that you feel just a little extra lonelier, why aren't my friends calling? Does anyone love me anymore? Recognize it's a passing mood and that you have the power to connect to the people who are there for you if you uh, take a minute to get out of that frame of mind and just recognize, oh yeah, of course I feel a little extra lonely today. Who wouldn't? and I'm going to call my mom, or I'm going to call my best friend. On the 7th, Venus squares Uranus. So throughout 2021, we are going to have multiple squares, which are challenging aspects between the planets Saturn and Uranus. Saturn being old world, Uranus being new world. There will be multiple clashes between this is the way we have to do things, in order to survive, which is Saturn, versus this is a new way we could do things, which is far more creative and I swear this is possible, Uranus. So those two are going to be squaring each other throughout the year, but also the faster moving planets are going to periodically join up with one of these and then square the other one as they move through the sky. And so this is the first of the year, um, of Venus conjuncting Saturn and squaring Uranus about a day later. This will happen with other planets throughout the year, and each time this happens, we're going to be getting a small hit of that Saturn-Uranus tension. What am I trying to hold onto for my own survival? With Venus, 
this has everything to do with our relationships and our creative patterns. Also our resources. What are we holding on to? What is dear to us? What supports our well-being and thriving? And what choices have we had to make for survival that have diminished them? And what choices can we make that could expand them, that could revolutionize them, that could transform our capacity to love others and be in connection with them, our capacity to tap into our own creative genius, our capacity to understand what resources we have and what we can do with them. Big themes coming up first week of February. And that brings us to the new moon uh, on the 11th in Aquarius, which I'm going to talk about next month. So look for the next episode of this podcast before the 11th of February on the same platform that you found it on this time. I have two Patreons, one for my astrology business, patreon.com slash Karina Dross, and a brand new one for Abacus Corvus, which is my art business with my sister. And so you might have found this on one of those, or you might have found this just floating out on the podcast world. But wherever you found it, I thank you for listening. And I encourage you to rate, review, and tell your friends about this new podcast if you enjoyed it. I've got some classes and a free offering coming up in January. On January 17th, I will be offering a free or by donation Skillshare called Skills for Sensitives. For anyone who is feeling overwhelmed by the world right now and needs some energetic tools to help ground into their center and heal from these times. You can find information for how to register on my link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Karina Dross, or on my website, flaxandgold.com. And I've got two classes coming up. One starting pretty soon, January 19th, Astrology 101, live on Zoom, an eight-week course for astro beginners. And then later in the year, I'll be offering a mentorship cohort for aspiring astrologers who are looking to set up their own consulting practices. Information about both of those on the link tree as well. You can find me at Karina Dross on Instagram or at flaxandgold.com. And you can find me and my sister at Abacus Corvus on Instagram or abacuscorvus.com. Ta-da.